Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 12th of February 2017. I think everyone uh, that was following the reality show of politics up into the election in the US and then beyond uh, are really having a lull. It's kind of like a, a high, they're coming down from a high, a drug high of information, disinformation, uh, Hollywood management, because that's really who manages the minds of the public, you know. And uh, and you'll find, as I've said so many times, I think there's only one head managing both sides of things. That's how things always seem to work out. And if the people really believe that, you see, they might have real rebellions. Uh, so the best way is to give you an idea that you're, you've got to democracy and that there's two distinct different groups opposing each other all the time that you get to vote for. And it used to be that you'd accept whoever got in but not anymore, because uh, a society becomes more and more involved in an, an unrealistic existence. Uh, they they can't just switch off and be adults again. They they behave like children. They are indoctrinated. I've said so many times in given talks on indoctrination how it really works awfully well. And those who are brainwashed or, in, or indoctrinated, call it what you want are the last to figure it out. They can't figure it out. It's almost a psychosis with them. No insight into uh, their indoctrination. They believe they've come to their own conclusions and have their own opinions, and they know it all anyway, so you can't say anything to them. And such people can be awfully dangerous if they turn on you, because uh, they're, they're so brainwashed, incredibly brainwashed. It's just astonishing. And before it all happened with the last election in the U.S., I had been thinking seriously about civil wars down through the ages in the different countries that have had them. Pretty well every country's had civil wars sometime in their existence, and often over religion, things like that. Uh, sometimes over royalty or different royalties. They've even had a period when they had two popes, and we had different factions fighting each other. So you, you, you do have you know, civil wars and there's nothing very civil about it. It's pretty barbaric, in fact. But that's how people behave. People who otherwise can be quite sane and decent and and, uh, and nice, nice people, and relatives even, can be split in half, just like the American Civil War, and go and kill each other. I, I used to puzzle as, as to why people could literally can get so fired up over things, over ideas. It's awfully important to understand this, because the big boys <laughs> understand it perfectly well, and always have done. Uh, ideas can captivate people until they end up slaughtering each other. It, it's quite something, isn't it, over ideas? And often those who are doing the slaughtering to each other personally get nothing out of it anyway at the end. Someone does, bankers do, things like that. They get People grab more land and power for themselves, things like that. But the average person doesn't get anything at all out of it. And, um, and yet they still go ahead and do it, because they believe it's all real. If you look at the, the type of existence of Western governments for nigh on at least 60-odd years, it's been nothing but the same agenda regardless of what party happens to pretend to be in power. And they're awfully well paid near the top of their parties to keep their mouths shut and play the game. And that's what it's called. That's what they're told. Play the game, you know. Uh, don't believe they're actually running the country. If you do, they get little warnings, like Reagan got, to bring them back to, the, to, to, to Earth again. Uh, but, yeah, they're not running the country. 
they, they played the game. Uh, and uh, remember, the game is really to entertain the public and make them believe it's all real. And always make them, no matter how bad things become, to make them optimistic in the future. Uh, it's quite simple, really, isn't it? You could literally have a lecture for an hour from the top masters of the universe, you might say, telling you what they're going to do. But some prune will come along at the end of it and say, don't worry, it's going to, all it's going to be okay. And so they want to believe that, that people live in hope. It's a natural thing you have, but there are those that use hope against you so that you don't react in ways that perhaps they should react. They can use your own hope against you. Uh, so I might touch on that tonight, it depends. But that's where we are today. And politics, is, to me, has always been a, a bit of a joke. Right? A bit of a joke. The system we live in is the same pretty well across the world. In fact, the, the United Nations and its NATO forces have been slaughtering folk for a long, long time now, forcing them, trying to get them into the same system, of the same, borrowing from the same banks or bankers, you might call it, or lenders, uh, getting a debt system, getting in on the IMF, borrowing money from, from them, and, and working, playing with the World Bank too, uh, and, and, and then even using their people as collateral uh, or guarantors, using their own people as guarantors to pay off debts uh, that they'll give out to other nations. This is the con we're all involved in, where governments are essentially working for international bankers and using their own countries as a bank. Well, where do you see that in any charter that your, your government has a right to use you as a guarantor to pay off debts from loans you're going to give out to other countries that you know darn well cannot pay it back? Uh, so it's a racket. Existence is actually a racket today. But you're given lots of optimism and um, incredible amounts of entertainment like never before. Incredible. Did they churn it out like a machine? Isn't it amazing that George Orwell knew all this was going to be used because he was in on the know by big, powerful people in his own era, his own time. He knew many of them. He, he worked in the BBC for a time during World War II. He knew uh, the techniques of propaganda. He even wrote about it. And he was well aware that uh, it would be stepped up and stepped up by the powers that, that he turned against in his later years. Um, because what they realized was when they mean socialism, they mean total control over every individual and their mind. That's what, that's what it really means. Total control. Not, not the old-fashioned stuff of just terrifying the blazes out you if you didn't go along with things like the Soviet Union used to be. Or killing you. No, they mean literally, and there's scientific indoctrination as well, like they used in the West. But beyond even that, until you can't rebel, personally can't rebel, you, you'll be unable eventually to even yell out and, and say, I just disapprove of everything. That'll be, yeah, it couldn't happen eventually. Yeah, but you have so many different um, programs working inside your mind, you might say, to, to, to safeguard you, you from ever, ever causing a problem to anybody above you. And you'll be obedient. Uh, obedient, that's the whole thing. You acquiesce to all of your, every demand they made upon you and, you, and you are utterly, completely obedient to superiors. That's what they mean by social. Socialism really 
in the modern sense by those who understand it and by those at the very top of it uh, is a great trap. They use the public to entrap themselves thinking they're going to get freebies and benefits and help when they need it, which is a good idea. Uh, but uh, in reality, it's scientific dictatorship running your lives from birth to death. Ultimately, that's what they want, and that's socialism. You control the body social by controlling it completely and then uh, planning the future. Right down to, do you even need this many people uh, for a future? And then which ones will you choose? That's all underway. Now we have all your DNA mapped, your family histories mapped, of your DNA, uh, your your physical weaknesses and strengths, mental, etc. They have all of these things uh, worked out. Uh, possibilities of, of um, manifesting neurosis down the road or anything like that. It's all mapped out for a very good reason because it, it's getting to the stage where they'll decide if uh, the few that want to have children, and it's getting fewer and fewer all the time, will actually be allowed to have children. And in fact, they even have written about it in the past would be a privilege to get a child, a privilege granted by the state, to reproduce your own offspring. Uh, that's all part of what they mean by the perfected society. And uh, it's no speculation. They, they've had big top meetings about this for years and years and years. And the elite do have a scientific elite that manage us all, uh, including all the mind scientists, ne- neurologists, behaviorists, and so on, psychologists. I've mentioned that before so many, many times. And we're incredibly studied now. We're so incredibly well-known because everybody's data is up on the Internet and they're constantly being analyzed daily, and uh, they know all about you, what your likes, dislikes, right down to simulating situations in a virtual world with using your personality type and profile. Uh, and setting up scenarios to see how you'd react in a virtual world, knowing darn well if it's so, so accurate, you will react that way in a real-life situation. You're, it's all completely worked out, folks. Old stuff. And uh, the whole idea, again, was to come along, uh, as I've said before, a little pun on uh, Greeks bearing gifts, beware of them. It was obviously beware of geeks bearing gifts because they gave you the computer and that was that was to start at the whole ball rolling. But it was your computer. They called it personal computer, your PC, to throw you to throw your very simple mind off the track. The way I'm in it here, uh, everybody and and their aunt so and so that's a scientist is going to be studying me through this little machine here. And they called personal, and they kept stressing the fact how private it was. You're just scouring the world for information, but it's going to be private, honestly. And the folk fell into it. Mind you, there are lots of traps and lots of pornography. And for those who didn't know about the Internet, that's one thing they'd all know, because the mainstream media constantly equipped about it and kind of joked about it, like, aren't we naughty and bad, to make folk go into it and try it. Because I was guaranteed to bring people into the Internet. And the children, too, of course, which uh, has changed society again. So many implications of it. If you... Introduce something new into the environment. Old behaviorists talked about this so much. Anything new into the environment, it changes the behavior of those within its reach, basically. And it certainly does. The TV had a massive uh, change it created in, in the family unit. Uh, the, the radio before, but the TV was a big one, and still is, actually. And uh, now it's computers as well. 
and you, you are an open source. Everyone's an open source, literally open, wide open to everybody that's studying you. And lots and lots and lots of institutions get your tax money actually doled out to them to study you, if you didn't know that. Your personal computer. It's mine, it's mine, it's personal. Ay, 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 ay. And then you get my fo- your, your phone, your, your iPhone, eh? phone. And uh, now people text each other. We used to talk to each other even by phone, but now we want to text each other. It's, it's like going backwards here. Until people can't even talk to each other anymore in the language. It's like Orwell again says, becoming minimalistic. But Orwell did talk about the entertainment factor as well. And, and that in an age of total control, you would have machines churning out, at, uh, literally churning out novels, for instance, entertainment. Now we have them churning out movies. Now, you, you swear they're all made by machines. Same old droll stories, re, you know, copied from other stories before, countless of them. And, and even the actors and actresses look like peas in a pod, like they're all going through the same plastic surgeons or something. Uh, nothing's distinguishable. And talent is absent altogether. But the abundance of it is getting churned out and churned out. Churned. Everything you take up every free minute of your day where you could be thinking about things for yourself. <gasps> what a scary thought, eh? <gasps> yeah. One day you'll be asked that in questionnaires, or maybe even strapped it to, to, to certain machines, and I'll say, what did you think of today, mister, or what? You see? And, and, and they'll know if you're lying. You see? They'll know. But that's how it, what it's coming down to, and that's how we're treated, and that's what we're talked about. And you can't really blame them anymore because we are very predictable. Even falling for all those stupid things they put out there for us to follow and believe. Really, yeah. Quite something. We do live in a very advanced scientific technique. We do. Very advanced. But children in school get incredibly brainwashed. I saw school and university and colleges, and that's been for a long time, as indoctrination centres, where they also radicalise people for the, for the sex and science that they're going to belong to down the road. They're revolutionary centres to destroy society. And Bob Dylan, a great story behind Bob Dylan, but most folk don't even know it. That, that, uh, I mean, New York was the capital, really, for, for world communism during the Cold War from even earlier days too. And you can still pick up the old communist books that were churned out, the little textbooks and so on, all from New York printers. Uh, but, but New York also had uh, training centres for musicians and so on. Uh, they ran the old folk era and then eventually into the early uh, electric era, as they called it. And Bob Dylan was one of them picked up to be managed for, for radicalisation, to help radicalise the youth during his era. And he's told to, to sing as though he came from deep south, deep, like a, like a, almost like a, from, a, from Mississippi, like a black man, which he's not, but to copy that kind of accent. So you end up with this strange, strange sound that doesn't copy anything at all. Uh, and you sing back in your throat. And you and even teamed him up with a, a guy who was a talking blues specialist of his era, uh, who was always drunk and, and always sick and pretty nasty and foul. <laughs> But he was teamed up with them to learn uh, the talking blues and all these kind of things. That was going to be his, his shtick, you might say. And that's how they presented him eventually to the world once they'd really refined him. They teamed up with Joan Bias for a long time, things like that. Uh, Give him his indoctrination. And then he came out with uh, the radicalization songs, which was to do with revolution. 
come and gather around people wherever you roam and so on. That was to do with re- revolution and against the older people, the parents and all that. I don't, you know, uh, don't stand in the doorway, don't stand in the hall for the times there are changing here. You know, get out of the way. It's, all that kind of stuff's in the actual song itself. Um, yeah. And to the parents, he says, your, your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Total revolution. And the folk didn't pick up on it at the time. All managed, not by him either, any more than the songs were managed by him, but but this was the radicalization period as they created the stars. And the machinery creates the stars, not the stars themselves. So there's much of show business uh, end products as everything else. But that's how really that whole thing was going along the radicalize them. But, and, and then they got into the universities big time until literally it's been nothing but complete uh, Trotskyist system ever since in universities until, I guess, matriarchal now and beyond even matriarchal and, uh, and, and until literally it's um, uh, well, they're dangerous places I'd say. I certainly would not send a child, no matter how old the child was, or young, into one of these places today because uh, uh, to have a mind stolen which also steals the personality, a budding personality, a unique person, steals it from them to be used by others that they'll never even know about who are above them, using them for causes that they, don't, they think they understand but they never will understand. And they turn into forms of robots, uh, very dangerous stuff. And all these universities get grants, etc. They should all be pulled out, disassembled, and everybody fired. Uh, and, until they get a new crop of people in who, who teach nothing but what they're there to teach. That's it. And then you would have uh, amazing things happening, like, like youngsters that can come out of school or universities and actually read and write and think and, and use reason and logic and, uh, and so on. Right? And see through the game of politics and sides. And they can see the, uh, the end of... Uh, the socialist radicalization it will benefit the masters of the world who want to own it completely and own us in the process. Uh, but uh, it'll be the end of humanity, at, at really, of any kind of ha- having any freedom of will or thought or anything. That's what true socialism is meant to be. And don't think it's a left-wing thing. The right-wing guys are all on board with all this this complete same agenda, total domination of the mind for the same purposes, really. After there's only one. It's like the old movie in, in the Highlander and so on. There can be only one. And that's what you've got. You've got one. If you knew there was only one group running your lives, you would have revolutions because then it was the point in voting for the same one group. Well, that's what they did in the Soviet Union. The Politburo was the one group. And they gave you a variety. You could, you could pick Politburo member A, B, C, or D. But it was the Politburo. That's pretty well what you have here. I can remember what Stalin talked about to to the Comintern, the young communists that went over there to the meetings and so on. He, even Pierre Trudeau went over there. He's the dad of Justin Trudeau, the president, Prime Minister of Canada. And Pierre Trudeau said the same thing too, that they were all taught to get into power. And they're going back to their own country, to get into power under any by any means possible and use existing parties because no one was going to vote communist, you see. And so they, they were under the liberal tickets. 
Uh, but, but they were communists, and, and once they were in and they lied to get in, they would push their communist regime. Uh, but that's what they were taught. That's what they were taught. And no one tests anybody with a lie detector test when running for politics. I don't think any of them would get through. Uh, when you look at their records, most folk in politics are psychopathic. All the psychiatric studies over many years come up with the same conclusions that you find more psychopaths probably going into politics than anything else. And they, they do lust for power. They lust for power and adoration, by the way. They like the hand clapping and, uh, and people uh, praising them. They love that stuff. Uh, just like actors and actresses, they've got to have the, that kind of side of it. And, um, but also they love the opportun- personal opportunity to get richer and richer and richer. Now, politics, if you, for those who don't know, it's supposed to be almost a service where you go in and serve your time in politics, then you make money afterwards or before or, or and after, but, but not really when you're in. Well, not now. If you notice, most of them come out of politics and they're multi-multi-millionaires a few times over. That's because it's utterly uh, corrupt. And it's designed to be corrupt by the masters of the world to make sure the politicians will do what they're told and, uh, and they all know what they're in for and they know what they're supposed to do when they're in. That's how it really works. Can it go on forever? I don't know. Uh, the stage of corruption we have today is phenomenal. In Britain, for instance, they used to always print uh, the records, like police records or, or, or crime records or... Uh, or even misdemeanor records of, of politicians or, or, or ones who were running for politics in federal governments. And everyone, you'd laugh your head off because they had a page and it was just, uh, you know, done for, uh, you know, charged with, with, uh, with fraud, charged with uh, counterfeit, you know, counterfeit, and all these different things, or using stolen checks or, or going bankrupt, dumping, all, all these things uh, would be on their, on their sheet, you see. And these are the guys who get up there and tell you that, that how you run a country and that you're all going to be prosperous. Maybe they're going to show you how you can become the prime minister and then you can become prosperous because you're certainly going to do it working for a living. But this is the, this is the con game of politicians. They, they tend to be psychopathic. They can also lie easily without blushing or giving away the, all the different usual symptoms of telling a lie. And that's well understood too. Psychopaths can take lie detector tests and, uh, and pass them because they don't feel the same emotions as you do or stress the same. In fact, psychopath cannot, a psychopath can't han- handle stress. He must toss stress outward from himself and have it work through other people. He'll stand back and watch it being enacted out or people are arguing and he'll feel relieved. That's how he gets rid of stress. So they're awfully good under what you would call stressful situations. They have a, a, it's like a longer fuse before it gets lighted under stress. They can lie and lie and lie and, uh, and keep fairly calm and cool compared to the average person, you see. So they make good politicians. And they have no problems um, going back on any... What politician have you ever met in your life who doesn't change their mind about things? I've seen so many of them over the years... Promise for the up, utopias galore. Uh, once they get in, and then they tell you, well, "I'm sorry, we I can't. We just our party just we're going over the books, and the country's broke, and we can't fulfil all the things we promised." Uh, it doesn't matter because they're in power now. It doesn't matter; they can do anything they want now. 
doesn't matter what they said. There's nothing legal about promising anything when you say things as a politician running for office. And once you're in office, you can say whatever you want, or, and you can do whatever you want. There was someone in Sudbury a while back who obviously wanted to know the whole, the whole history of democracy and people's rights under democratic systems and so on. But anyway, uh, he or she, one of the two, I'm not quite sure what it was, wanted to get someone who headed the, the local council in Sudbury kicked out because he'd ran on the ticket, basically, of, of promising something. And it went up the, the ladder to the different courts and, that, and came back eventually and said that under democracy, there is no comeback on anybody who's a politician running for anything because, because um, it, nothing, is, there, nothing is held legally against them that they said when they're running for office. So in other words, they're allowed to lie, completely lie, and it's all quite okay, and they can do whatever. And it says the only right that the citizen had, that's what came back from the inquiry, the only right the citizenry had was, was to, was to um, vote the, the person in to office. That's the only right you have under democracy. Once they're in, they can do whatever they want. That's it. So it's all a big racket. Naturally, of course it's a big racket. And if they play the game and they please their masters awfully well, um, within a month of leaving office in the top positions, a month leaving they'll have their ghostwritten books will be churned out on the streets and they'll get fees given to them for talking 20 minutes at, at meetings. Uh, they, can, they, they can get fees given to them of like half a million or three quarter million dollars each, each little talk. That's, their, that's how they pay them off until they've accumulated X about millions of bucks. Not bad, eh? And that's because it's all rigged. That's how it's done. It's all rigged. I can remember when the NAFTA deal was signed for Canada and US-Mexico. And I think it was Brian Mulroney was in at the time. And he and the US president were both given, when they, when they both left office, both of them were given it. Stacks and stacks of shares on big companies that they'd ran through under the NAFTA deal that would benefit from the NAFTA deal, but like Barrick Gold Corporation. That's, that's, that's their paybacks. This is, and many corporations do the same thing. This is, this is, these are the paybacks. Yeah, that's how it's done. Yeah, that's how it's done. And if anyone came and said, well, that's terrible, that's obviously because you did that for them, they were rewarding you. You say, no, no, um, uh, the Barrick Gold Corporation or any corporation can turn around and say, we, we just uh, had to look out for the best for people to fill our, uh, some vacant seats in the directorship level. And these people being, being the top of their countries are the best people, obviously, for the job. And that, that will pass fine in, in legal circles, you see. You, you know it's a racket. The judge knows it's a racket, but that's how it is. The world's full of that kind of system. And there's folk getting edgy now, naturally, about the clique that's around Trump. If, and, of course, they're, they're saying, is this the neocons again? Out in the open, and, and so on and so on. That's up to you to decide for yourselves what you think it really is. But to me, it's all a big ongoing reality show, the whole thing including the riots and everything. It's all part of a reality show. 
and Jerry Springer all mixed into the one scene. It's pretty good entertainment, if you like entertainment. Although I don't watch anything like that, because I don't, I don't watch TV. Uh, because it really, you know, it'll damage your brain eventually if you do. And you'll be out in the streets fighting, and you'll be, into, you'll, you'll be looking for a group to join, either in a gender politics, a gender identity politics, or, or different identity politics. Everybody's got to get their identity now, uh, before they can say anything that they think is meaningful. It's, it's quite amazing to watch this world go down the tubes. But <laughs> as they go down the tubes, they say they've got more freedoms than never had before. <laughs> it's really funny, isn't it? Now, last Tuesday, or I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday, uh, I was 30 below, 30 degrees below. Rather chilly, and if I'd call it that again this winter, because it's winter in Canada, northern Canada is cold, and uh, that's what you get, you see. It's not global warming, I haven't seen any of that at all. And um, But it doesn't matter, because again, the big agenda goes on, and it'll go on, and, and regardless of who appears to be in power, as you well know, Remember, Wall Street came up with the whole idea of the carbon taxes and things like that. As a new, a new, a whole system of trading and making a fortune off it, off us, the schmucks. And uh, but they'll keep the con going because it's a great con. It's very good. It's better than the old uh, James King James idea, where during his reign they they started to tax you on how many different panes of glass you had or, or windows you had in the house. And so folk literally started breaking up their, their, their windows to stop paying the tax. Well, that's called the light tax, but now it's the carbon tax. It's the uh, same thing. It's beautiful. It's just, it's, for, for existing, you're going to get taxed because you breathe the stuff out. And this trace gas, that it would kill the earth if it wasn't there. Everything on it would die, and the plant, plants would all die. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's a good con, and uh, it's all been managed to be a good con, and nothing's going to stop it because I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about stuff. Even when the even when the cons are discovered, uh, nothing happens because it's a bigger part of the agenda. Agendas never fail because uh, they're not allowed to fail. The big masters of the universe are, uh, want to control our entire lives now using this this racket of global warming and and um, uh, carbon. Uh, uh, excess, even as a trace, a trace gas. Anyway, here's, here's one exposed how world leaders were duped into investing billions of dollars over manipulated global warming data. Well, it's just like a repeat almost of what we knew years ago. But again, doesn't you know? You can't. Facts don't matter anymore when big agendas are at work. And it says uh, the Mail on Sunday can reveal a landmark paper exaggerated global warming. It was rushed through in time to influence the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. America's National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration broke its own rules. The report claimed the pause in global warming never existed, but it was based on misleading, unverified data. I'll put this link up for those who want to read it themselves. But, I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference, does it? With all the, the fudged emails and so on, fudged data, uh, years ago from... The university in England that was managing then at the Anglican University, University of Anglia, uh, and it was all fake stuff back then. So here's more fake stuff, and the agenda goes on. And then uh, climate scientists versus climate data, the pros and cons, because the big bunch that pretend they're left wing at the top want this uh, to go through this whole idea of taxing us and everything because it's to bring us down into post uh, 
consumerist society into austerity, and they're also using this 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 whole idea of uh, wasting heat and all the rest of it for heating yourself uh, to crowd us into cities and these sardine cans they're going to build for us all, compact cities and compact buildings, uh, to manage our lives. It's too untidy, all you people walking around thinking you're free. You got, they got to teach you that you're, you're not. That's basically it. Agenda 21, 2030, it's all the same thing. And it says here that... Um, their link says federal scientists say there never was any global warming. Well, that's a fact. That, that is a fact. But again, facts don't matter, as I say, when there's big, big agendas at work to control you. And another one says here there is a problem with global warming. It stopped in 1998. Well, it wasn't really warming at all. It was just a slight, slight hiccups up and down. And they've always had that. And the planet's seen that for its entire existence. Because climate is never steady. If it was steady, it would be the same every day of every week, of every month, of every year. Year after year. Which is ridiculous. And I'll put up uh, a PDF on it too, perhaps, to show you that all the, all the data is bogus. But it doesn't matter. I only talk to the ones that really want to know, who are asking questions. Uh, those who choose that they know already because that's a choice uh, belong to sides as well that they've already picked um, and they've already picked political parties and everyone else uh, that they're too indoctrinated and um, I said for years and years ago that the only reason I came out was to get through to the occasional person especially young folk who are intelligent but they don't have the information they can't fit in properly with people who, who just join sides and all the rest of it and take opinions from others and, and they're quite happy with them. They, they don't dissect them, they, but they can't join in with those kind of people. Uh, they want to know the, the real data about everything. They've got inquiring minds and they can't find the data. It's hard to find. It's getting harder all the time as it takes stuff you know, and put things down the memory hole. And so when they, they don't fit in, uh, they start to, to blame themselves. And they'll end up to try to shut their brain down with drugs or drink or something. And uh, if they have the information there, they, they come to an understanding that, yeah, the world is a big con, big con game. And the systems that they take for granted, everyone takes for granted are cons. And uh, everything you look at is pretty well a racket, incredible racket. Uh, and you're at the bottom of the whole heap, basically, paying for it all. And that's your function. And you'll do that for your entire life. That's how they've set up the system. But as far as giving you truth, you know, good luck, because this is the hardest fine thing ever to get a hold of. It's absolute truth, you know. Um, it's very, very difficult to do. In fact, they're actually creating a system under this, this con game, again, of relativism, and that's a big con, that nothing can be true uh, and, and, and nothing can be normal of any way at all. Therefore, it's out the window and you're into their manufactured dysfunctional Disneyland, uh, which again is controlled by uh, people you don't see, uh, for their own benefits as you're all dysfunctional at the bottom. It's quite wonderful really, isn't it? And I'm not making this stuff up. I've given lots of talks over years and years uh, about the the big groups that help shape the, the present. I mean, literally, we're given permission and the power to shape the culture that you're living through today with these changes and where it's to go as well. Um, the Macy group that worked with the Frankfurt group 
and quite a few other ones, and Bertrand Russell, all worked with, he worked with them all, and, and presidents gave them the, the right to work out and change the cultures, right down to destroying marriages and everything else over a certain time period, all that kind of stuff. And they were writing that stuff up back at the end of World War Two, and onwards. Uh, that's how far back they were given the power to go ahead and create the, the culture for the West. The CIA was part of it too, still is, of course. And they, they promoted the same system to the world on behalf of the masters above them all. Quite something, and uh, but not hidden if you know where to look. Anyway, getting back to what I'm talking about here. The climate scam, of course, which is generating stuff that, uh, that you don't even have tanks to contain anything. You just see, I've got a carbon sink because I've got so many trees in this plot of land here, and therefore I'm going to, I want so many carbon credits from the government, and that'll get you started trading them. You can trade them and make profits on them, for, but only if you're corporations. Beautiful, isn't it? But the average punter at the bottom, to you it's a tax for existing. Wonderful. What a great tax this one is. And it's, it's to be applied to everything, even paper wrappers for candies, because it costs energy to make that. Mm-hmm. And you know something the folk won't care I, I, I really won't care they're, they're, they're beyond help And they, can't, they don't care That's true And this one here too About South Australia In a heatwave Had wind power collapse And rolling blackouts South Australia The world's renewable energy crash Test dummy is once again Experiencing horrendous power price Spikes and rolling blackouts thanks to excessive reliance on wind, a lack of dispatchable power capacity and high demand caused by a summer heat wave. And so these, uh, these ridiculous um, <laughs> power... You know, H.G. Wells said they would be using power. He wrote about that way back in the early 1900s because he, he belonged to the Fabian Society, which was a left-wing branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs that also ran the right-wing branch. Uh, they talked about using uh, solar and wind way back then. And they also talked about putting in, packing it into this new, the new cities and so on and so on and so on, and his non-fictional works. It, it really ticks me off living through the big agenda. But, and they can't, they'd love to do it all in the t- two or three years, but they know they've got to train you a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and you adapt and adapt and adapt, and, and eventually they get there. If they do too fast, you might, they might have a revolution on their hands. This way, it's much easier. N- no one complains. They go, oh, well, you know, it's only a few cents a gallon, you know, like 20 cents a gallon in carbon taxes right now. <laughs> I've got a few articles up tonight on, on the weather and all the rest of it, just to keep uh, anybody who really wants to know the nonsense that's going on uh, in the loop, because there's a lot of nonsense going on. Uh, it's just the mainstream media tends to keep you focused on the wrong things, if they mention them at all. Uh, anyway, here you are. A group of Republican senior statesmen in the U.S. are pushing for a carbon tax to combat the effects of climate change. So, so paying a tax will help change the climate. How's that? <laughs> and hoping to sell their plan to the White House, eh? Former Secretary of State Jim Baker is leading the effort, which also includes former Secretary of State George Schultz. In an opinion piece published Tuesday night in the Wall Street Journal, they argued 
there is mounting evidence of problems with the atmosphere that are growing uh, too compelling to ignore. Uh, the group will meet with us because they're spraying it all you know, with geoengineering, as they've been doing for years and years now. The group will meet Wednesday with White House officials, including Vice President Mike Pence, Senior Advisor Jared Kushner, and and Gary Kahn, so Kushner, Kahn, and Pence. Director of the National Economic Council, Ivanka Trump, is also expected to attend, according to a person familiar with the plans. The person was not authorized to discuss the meeting publicly and insisted on anonymity. So the National Economic Council, and so on and so on. And it's to be secret. Even secret, see, that's democracy for you. Carbon taxes are designed to raise the cost of fossil fuels. No, it's just to raise the cost of all energy, to bring down consumption. And they train, train, train little animal human to stop consuming as much. This is all post-consumerism. It's all the old socialist agenda from the United Nations, if you haven't quite figured it out yet. Baker and Schultz detailed an opinion piece their plan for a gradually increasing carbon tax with dividends being returned to people. No, they won't. They return to corporations who trade them. As well as border adjustments for the carbon content of exports and imports Carbon exports and imports, what a joke. <laughs> I've got plenty of nothing, nothing's plenty for me, like the old song. So, here, I'll give you 10,000 tons of, of nothing. How's that? You know, Isn't it it's a great con? It's, it's like the king has no clothes. It's beautiful. And as long as the straight faces keep saying it on television, people will believe it and start parting it. Mm-hmm. According to an outline of the plan, the group will call for a gradually increasing carbon tax. It might begin at, it might begin at $40 a tonne and increase steadily over time. It would raise $200 billion to $300 billion annually. They're going to tell us now they're going to, get, they're going to use it for, for good causes. We, they, they always do this. We, they will then redistribute tax proceeds back to the consumer. So why tax you and then give you it back? That's liars on a quarterly basis and what they call carbon dividends. So that's not as bad as plundering you. So we'll give you a drop back to, to, to the animals. Every, every, just like the seeds on the, in the rats' cages where you pull that little lever and they get seeds given them. Uh, it could be approximately $2,000 annual. Why don't I just take the whole lot and, and leave it at that and, uh, th- th- and give you a wee drop back make you think that you're getting something back? The plan would also set... My guess is because then you're participating in the fraud. So you can't say anything. Maybe that's the idea. The plan would also set border adjustments based on carbon, which would result in fees for products from countries without similar carbon pricing. So the countries that don't go along with this con game, this, this, this real great con racketeering job you won't trade with them you won't buy their stuff there's democracy in action eh? <laughs> there's free trade in action <laughs> so there you go they, they would start raking it from their, their peasant populations as well and get money off them uh, and then they would seek to roll back regulations enacted under Obama including the clean power plan so far, Trump has sent mixed signals on where or, or how he will try to slow Earth's warming temperatures and rising sea levels. Well, I would, just, I would ban nation, worldwide all politicians from talking in parliaments and congresses because that's where the most hot air is generated from, I think. During the transition, Trump met with prominent climate activist Al Gore, only the big liar himself, Mr. Gore, 
and the guy that wanted to, to run the carbon exchange and make a fortune of it. And Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Ivanka Trump, a close advisor to her father, has indicated interest in working on the issue. But the president has also hired all industry's champions who want to reverse President Barack Obama's efforts to rein in emissions. Etc. Etc. So in other words, it's going to leave you in a known, a never, never no man's land. That's what these these pieces are meant to do. But of course, since Wall Street wanted it in the beginning, they came up with the idea. Uh, you know, the same people who who crashed the economy every so many years and plunder you through the banking system, like two thousand and eight, and get off with it. Uh, it's the same bunch behind all this. This this scam of carbon. Yeah, <laughs> great money for nothing and your cakes for free, eh? Now, this is important because I've watched countless documentaries over, over years and years to do with how countries and economies work under our modern system. And basically, they're all war-based. Have been for an awful long time, especially when they get broke because they're corrupt, uh, and the people who, who head it and run it all are corrupt. I mean, since we're all run by the same corrupt people, all Western countries are run by the same group. Um, from, because they run the money systems and so on, and then they demand payment uh, of money they never even give nations. Uh, then you've got to go to war. And the greatest thing for, for, for bringing money in to coffers is warfare. Uh, the peasants pay for it all, and they'll pay for any losses incurred, they always do. Uh, but the big corporations uh, rake in the money like you wouldn't believe. And uh, and so technically they're always on a war footing. The military-industrial complex has just okayed themselves a massive sale to Saudi Arabia, which is the best customer. Uh, no, Britain sells to them too. Every, every country does, actually. But an article here that says, Saudi Arabia, not Iran, is the world's number one terrorist state. And says Trump is wrong. Uh, Trump is proving himself a president prone to unleashing inconvenient truths that side-by-side blatant falsehoods. One of the most uh, scurrilous of those falsehoods is his recent claim that Iran is a number one terrorist state. And it's true. I mean, Trump did promise. And uh, he was approached long before you'd heard he was running for president um, by Israelis and all that, as you well know. But he promised them the APEC meeting uh, that he would take care of Iran. And, And that's a fact. The, in fact, I, folk have got their, I've got his speech at APEC up on YouTube and so on, and you can actually catch it there. And and let's be honest, it wasn't it was not Iranians that supposedly uh, set planes into uh, the towers, World Trade Center. Uh, supposedly, we're told by all news reports at the time that it was they were all from Saudi Arabia, or pretty well all of them. They were on the plane, all the hijackers. And nothing was ever done about it. So figure that out. Come on. Anyway, they're the biggest purchasers for all the big armament uh, characters, etc. And this one here, a military spending boom is likely on the horizon. And it's uh, President Trump's promise to increase defense funding comes to fruition. It will sharply reverse the trend of the past five years and have important implications for the outlook of the U.S. growth and inflation. By the way, it's not going to... Uh, everything is, is slanted, isn't it? It doesn't matter what side you're looking at. 
because under Obama's reign, uh, believe you me, the, the military-industrial complex made a fortune. There was more wars going on all over the place than ever before. And drones were getting, you know, all over the, all, all over the world at that time too. And, and the munitions were getting spent. Poof. Anyway, facts don't matter, eh? The detail of Trump's first Pentagon budget is part of the overall budget he'll submit to Congress in February or early March. The actual funding request for the uh, current fiscal year must be completed by April 30th. That's when the current legislation funding the military budget is set to expire. And it goes on and on and on about... But we know that he's a massive one has been approved for Saudi Arabia. It was in the, it was in the deal before, in the works before he, Trump got in. And it says, the Saudi arms you what we've learned so far and what could happen next. And this one, this is one's Canadian as well, this one here. In 2014, the Harper government struck a $15 billion deal to sell military vehicles to Saudi Arabia. Critics are worried the Saudis would use them to crush dissent at home, which could put Canada in violation of its arms trading rules. Every country's at it. Every country does this stuff. Because armaments is big bucks, and everybody who's running for for to get, and to get out of office, it's not what side they, they pretend they belong to, and I mean pretend to belong to, uh, know who's paying their funds and who's going to get them in to office. Of course they do. Anyway, Canada's uh, got an agreement going back to 2014. Because General Dynamics Land Systems, Canada, 15-year contract to meet weaponized military vehicles for Saudi Arabia, and total deals worth about $15 billion, which is really peanuts compared to some countries, and definitely peanuts compared to the U.S. Military spending boom is likely on the horizon, and this is the U.S. again. Uh, if Trump's promised to increase uh, spending comes to fruition, it will sharply reverse the trend of the past five years. And it says... Uh, Modernize U.S. nuclear weapons system. That's going to cost billions and billions right there. Investing more in cybersecurity, enlarging the U.S. Navy's fleet, increasing the number of U.S. Air Force fighter aircraft. And it's, a, and it's a usual. It's a usual. I think Boeing and I think it was a Lockheed Martin. I can't remember. Uh, they've all. They're all uh, salivating right now because it's big, big bucks for weapons. And as you know, weapons are always used. I mean, it's just a way. It's a way it goes, isn't it? They're always used. Trump vows military build-up despite budget law and uh, the historic investment, etc., etc., etc. Another one says, this is all different articles about the same kind of thing. And I'll put them all up for those who want to just waste their time going through them all. Because it's, it's quite fascinating to see how they're all at it. I've got ones too on, on even <laughs> quite something on. I know much has been given to Israel. Let me see here. U.S. Israel signed $38 billion military aid package. This is in 2016 under Obama. $38 billion military aid package. So the United States will give Israel $38 billion in military assistance over the next 10 years, the largest such aid package in U.S. history under a landmark agreement signed on Wednesday. I say this is back in uh, September 2016, last year. And, um, and it has other things too, which are going to be claimed, etc., etc. It's quite something, though. I mean, it really is. And so... Uh, 
uh, I think the last time there was a, I think the last time where the military aid package the U.S. gave them allowed Israel to buy Israel's own weaponry because now they had the money to buy them. So in, in, in essence, the U.S. citizens are giving them cash to buy weapons that they make themselves as well. Uh, what a great system it is, isn't it? What a great system. I tell you. But anyway, they're going to get a lot of new stuff here, new missiles, new this, new that, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, uh, it's really quite something. I guess you see nothing but wars, wars, wars for a long time to come. Because that's all I can I can see going to happen here. Yeah. Why else would you be buying all this stuff? Mind you, uh, America's awfully famous too for leave, leaving a lot of equipment behind in the countries that they go into police, etc. A lot of jeeps and everything go there. Mind you, I'm sure they'll end up in the black market. But it wasn't for America. Across the whole planet, a lot of little countries would have no vehicles at all to drive. I'm not kidding you about that. They'll say it costs more to transport the stuff back home than it does to to just leave it where it is. I'm telling you, quite some. I'm sure it's economists that tell them that too, because uh, they want more sold. Quite some. Anyway, I've got a whole list of all the different stuff that they're going to sell to the Saudi Arabia, and uh, Abrams' main battle tanks and. Heavy equipment recovery, combat utility, lift evacuation systems, Hercules, armored recovery vehicles, and so on. A lot of cash involved, indeed. But again, that's how it goes, eh? And when you hate to be a tiny wee country uh, that doesn't have oil, perhaps, or maybe you do. If you, in fact, if you do, forget it. They'd find a reason to get in there and kill you, and stealing it. But imagine being sandwiched between the great titans, eh? What a life you must have. Because this world really has nothing like the infantile nonsense they sell to children about decency and nicety and nations are honourable. That doesn't exist in the world of commerce, does it? It's a pretty evil, nasty, rotten place where they think nothing is slaughtering thousands of children to get what they want. That's the reality of life, isn't it? Modern life. Where's all the all the far left peace marches that used to get in the sixties and seventies and eighties? Does that exist now? We watch war after war after war, and countries even starved to death with embargoes. But there's nothing said anymore. Hmm? Nothing said. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what hat they wear, left wing, right wing. Uh, they're all, you know watching their leaders and they're sending off troops to different countries to slaughter and kill and yada yada yada. And it doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother them at all. I've always said, what are you going to do when the big eating machine comes round to you, comes back home again? Because it can't stop eating. It's been gorged and sated with blood and guts for years and years and years. And I really mean that. Because under this increased surveillance state that we're living in, this total surveillance system. And the obvious signs from, and it doesn't matter if left-wing or right-wing parties, of the agencies and their power over the public, that's what they want, more and more and more of it. This big eating machine is going to use the same tactics that they used 
ruling the peasantry in other countries and they want to use it on the people back home, the peasants back home. That's what it's all for with all their so-called non-lethal weaponry, which can kill you already, believe you me. Certainly damage you permanently. All tested out abroad. Yeah. The folk don't seem to mind. They're mo- they'd rather go out and fight over their gender issues or whatever it happens to be. Quite amazing how they've all been waylaid by the professionals of war, the mind specialists. Because that's who's been managing all of this. So that there's no functional opposition to anything. They've given them other things to fight fight about. The mind specialists. Quite quite amazing, isn't it? Very clever. Took time, mind you, to indoctrinate enough, but but it works out it works awfully well. Works awfully well. But don't stand together and, and, and protest marches to stop the slaughter across the planet. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's sad, isn't it, that the real, you know, the, the, the real things you should be protesting, like this con game of carbon and all the rest of it, and ways to make you poorer and poorer and steal everyone's birthright of, of thinking for themselves and getting to their full potential. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about financial potential, I'm talking about full potential of understanding with a really functioning brain has been stolen from them all. What a crime that is. But what a great ability of, of the, the mental warriors, you might call it, who've stolen it all from you. What an ability they've got. Till you protest all the wrong, silly things to the neglect of things which are vital to your own survival. Huh, quite something. I tell you, you got to shake your head sometimes, don't you? You really do. And finally, a little article here about Stepford student culture threatening free speech. Why is this matriarchal? Matriarchal. And they've already taught a whole generation to just hate men. And it's the right to hate men. And, and there's something wrong with them if they don't hate men. And, uh, and it works great too, because then, uh, again, that's the end of the family unit even further. And they'll never, the ones who are screaming about it all will never figure that out. They've all been used. All being used, eh? That's where the real war is. The ability to, to, to indoctrinate so well, so efficiently, that the people cannot, they'll, they'll literally breed themselves out of existence by not breeding at all. Quite, quite amazing, isn't it? Very clever. Very, very clever. But again, I'll never figure it out, most of them. Now from myself, Alan Watt, from Ontario, Canada, where it's still snowing heavily. Because it's normal winter, you see, that's what you get in winter time. It's good night to me, your God, when your God's school with you.